All right. Welcome to the episode of Real Estate vs. Technology. I'm your host, Norman Kinsey. We have our co-host, Mr. Dan Gandy. Welcome, Dan. Thanks. Thanks for being here. Always a pleasure. And before we get to introduce who today's guest is, I want to go ahead and encourage everyone to like today's episode, subscribe, and let us know what the heck you're learning from these episodes and applying to your business because that is our intention. Today, we're going to go all the way to Atlanta and we're going to actually interview someone that is a Porsche enthusiast. Not only that, is over 22 or 2,100 members speaking off, off the air here with the club that he actually earns a lot of business from. So talk about a different way to be able to build community and reach. We have Matt all the way from Atlanta. Welcome to Real Estate versus Technology, sir. Well, I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Of course, of course, man. So today it's all about you, your business. We want to deep dive into that and learn a little bit more about you know, your story. So anyone that comes and stumbles upon you and they see your episode, they can be able to understand wh- why, like why real estate. So, so tell us a little bit about your backstory. Like, like how long have you been in the business? Why real estate? Yeah, sure. So I got into the business. This is actually my fourth year. So I'm still fairly new as a licensee, but started about 12 years ago as an investor. Um, me and my wife had our first home together that we got married, moved in together. And, uh, and that was our first rental property, actually. So 11 years ago, wow. we moved to a different part of Atlanta and kept that home uh, and have been renting it ever since. And it's been amazing. But yeah, a couple of years ago, I decided to get back into uh, active uh, you know, real estate. I've always been super entrepreneurial. So owned a lawn care and landscaping business when I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, and then just did anything and everything I could do to make money. Basically, <laughs> I was a, I was a young hustler. So, uh, but my my first real like serious business where I, you know, had P and Ls and everything was I used to sell stuff uh, for people on eBay. Uh, so ah. they would consign their, you know, used office equipment and phone systems, IT systems, uh, to cubicles. I mean, anything and everything you can search on eBay. I've probably sold it. Uh, and I did run a very successful franchise here in the Atlanta area with some partners. Um, they actually had three locations where you would bring your stuff physically in and drop it off and then we'd ship it out and sell it and take a consignment fee commission for it. So, um, but that, you know, that business went belly up about the same time real estate went belly up. So I had to go back and get a real job (laughs) and, uh, I worked in sales and marketing for the next, you know, 12 years until I decided to make the leap and start my, my uh, real estate and lawn care and landscaping business. So it's been good though. Yeah. Congratulations on your side. And I can relate to you because actually I did the same thing. Sold things, uh, friends, family, loved ones, things on Craigslist and uh, dabbled in eBay a little bit as well. And wasn't, uh, wasn't a fan of with eBay. <laughs> and then uh, Craigslist is a little bit easier and meeting people in person, but uh, never went that big with it. And I can definitely relate to you on that. That's awesome. So, uh, so as far as like, we know you're in Atlanta, been in the business for a while now, how are things going in regards to your business now that you have uh, gone full time and you know, the market is doing a lot better now. We still need some inventory, but how's up, how's things looking for you? Seriously, yeah. So there was a little bit of overlap between my lawn care, lawn care and landscaping business into real estate, about a 90-day overlap there in which I was positioning that business to sell. So for like 90 days, I just, I couldn't go 100% into it, right? And yeah. uh, I was still working every weekend. I was still in my lawn care business day to day. So it was really, really challenging. But once you know, the end of March came and I sold the business and we signed the contract and the funds all cleared and everything was done. I felt like a huge sigh of relief. I could actually go a hundred percent into this thing. And, uh, I, from, from then on out, man, for like six months, I worked nothing but open houses for other agents. I was calling everyone in my sphere, (laughs) turning over every rock, building out social media accounts, trying to get as much attention 
you know, around my business as possible. So um, it was really good. We, we, you know, not to talk too far as numbers, but I'm an individual agent. So I don't have anyone on my team. I don't have an assistant or anything like that. Every once in a while, I hire contract stuff, uh, people for like contract based, yeah. project based stuff uh, for marketing and everything else. But for the most part, it's just me. So my first year, I sold four houses. Nice. Pretty pretty pathetic for most. I feel like you sell four or you sell 50. Like there is no in between there. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I sold four houses my first year for like 2.1 million. Uh, the second year I did like 4.25. And nice. then in 2021, I did like 7.2. So we're, we're seeing steady growth. You're but making growth. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing for me, and maybe this is a, a big takeaway for a lot of your, your folks here, is that it's all organic. Like I don't cold call. I don't do FISBOs. I don't do uh, expires. I don't do anything. It's, it's like 99% of it's incoming stuff, right? Nice. Um, so I believe in a lot of content marketing, obviously, and building that strategy out, but also providing value first, because I feel like now the consumer is so savvy that they'll go out and they'll find us and then they'll come into the system. So um, that's kind of how we built things a little bit differently. <laughs> yep. Yep. And congratulations for you on that, because I know that, you know, as entrepreneurs, <clears throat> we will have like dialysis by paralysis. So sometimes like, you know, as much as we think we can do all the things we can't. And the more that we get focused on the one thing, the more we can have a 10 X multiple on success with the one thing and try to be divided over two different things because being divided, it, you get fragmented and then you miss the mark on certain things and you don't even see it until you're too deep. And then by the time you're so deep, you find out that like, oh my God, I just lost out on all this potential opportunity. So it's so good for, for you on that. I actually saw your Instagram and I was doing some research on you and checking you out. And I love how you reached out to your audience and said, hey, if you see a reel, you see something that's out there, go ahead and tag me because I would love for you to tag me and keep me accountable so I can I can go off of trying to film new reels or whatever the case may be. So, so, so congratulations for you to build more of a community around it outside of just trying to, you know, do whatever and, and just see what works and what doesn't work. You want to bring people into the success of your business. hundred percent. Well, and you know, especially if you want to do more content and stuff, like I think you got to go out and fall flat on your face for a while <laughs> until you figure out, you know, where your audience come from and, and what they enjoy most about your content. And again, that's another thing that I don't talk about real estate all the time. I'm not one of those agents that's just posting, just listed, just sold. Like I think some of my best content is that funny stuff. It's that mm -hmm. the, the stuff that shows me like who I am and not me as the agent, you know? Um, and, and I think that's becoming a lot more popular now. Like we, we buy into people that we like and trust, you know? So, yep. um, but I appreciate the kind words. Oh man, definitely. I saw you actually speaking of funny. We, see, we had Matt on our show here, Matt Lennonati. I saw that you also interviewed him as well and talk about not speaking about real estate, but he is a realtor and the way he does it is just super awesome. Yeah. So uh, before we get into our mix-up round and Dan's going to kind of deep dive a little bit more into the tool sets that you're using, last thing is, is uh, what would you say, you know, separates you as a real estate professional in the Atlanta area? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of, a lot of agents talk about what a great agent they are and yeah. no one cares. You're honestly. And even, yeah, even <laughs> Your my mom clients, does. That's it. Like, exactly. I'm the top 10%, right, with my mom. Uh, and so, you know, to me, that's like, that's a huge miss because I'm, again, coming from a sales and marketing background, you understand the consumer mindset. The consumer has no idea. And, and the only reason I shared numbers with you guys is because it's super contextual. If you show, show those numbers to people in California, they'd be like, what, did he sell two houses last year at $7 million? Like yeah. Atlanta's, Atlanta's average price point's like $400,000. That's a lot of houses. So, you know, the reason that I share that stuff is for context, because 
I think a lot of people get lost in that part of the sauce. Consumers have no idea what that means. Yeah. 7.2 million or 50 houses. And so that doesn't mean anything to them. What does mean something to them though, is that you're going to be there, that you are an expert in what you do, but you really have to be a good marketer now to be a good real estate agent. Right. Yeah. And, and that's why I think tapping into that old, you know, real estate um, mindset of like, it's just about your network and the relationships that you have, but how do you marry that up to the technology that we have? And how do you bring all of that together? Um, that's what I really understand. And I understand attention that I know I don't have to be the best real estate agent in the world to do a lot of business. I just have to be the best marketer in the world that just so happens to be a real estate agent. So that is so true. I always say the best marketer wins when it comes to real estate. It's the most eyes, the most views, the most showings, the most offers, the most money. Yeah. And, our, and our clients should be like really listening to that part too, right? Because especially like in today's market where you're selling a house, the more eyeballs you can put on that house, the higher the prices go and so on and so forth. But for your buyers, you know, if you have a huge following on Instagram or Facebook or any of these other platforms, you have an opportunity instead of just sending out a generic buyer need email to the, you know, thousands of agents in, in your database or in your area, your MLS. Yeah. And you, you now have a platform that like, I can reach out to, to agents in California about a great investment here in Atlanta. And guess what? They'll make that, they'll make that move. They'll do it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think so many agents for, like miss the mark. We had Matt on the show. He, he does his videos for the listings and it's something that he said his past clients cherish because years down the line, they watched the funny video, crass video, whatever it was from Matt Lemonelli, who's on our show. And it reminds them of working with him and they get to see the house again and all the things. And so I think that there's so many things that you could do, even with just when you have a listing, especially because it's low inventory, to use that as an opportunity to have so much more with. Um, and it's hard because they go so quick, but you, know, you could do a lot with it. So I love it. I love it. But I'm going to go ahead and switch it up. I'm going to switch up the camera angle, give it to Dan Gandy for our mix up round and get a little bit more into the tech behind that. Well, I know you're using social media, so and video, so you don't really have to go into too much detail there. But you know, where where do you see yourself really? Uh, you know, in terms of the tech that you're using to make you more efficient to communicate with clients. You know, why don't you break us down a few of the things that really are like, you know, your go tos? Yeah. So for a little while there, I didn't have a CRM outside of Google Docs, Ooh. like that was it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like emails, yep. phone numbers, like you just got on the list and you scratch that name out or you check that box. And so, yeah. But I also, I just couldn't find anything that I really liked. And and again, coming from this, this background, I've been in Salesforce, like Salesforce is an inch wide, but like three miles deep. I mean, there's yeah. so much little stuff in there that you can do. So I'm very, very analytical. As you can probably tell, I love numbers. I love being able to show my clients this is how we sold your house for, you know, 10% over ask. And this is as a buyer, how we got you 10% below ask and, you know, walking through all that stuff. And that's why my clients enjoy working with me too. But to answer your overall question, I think the CRM that you use is the best one for you. Yeah. Um, all, all of these CRMs that do, you know, a million different things and all you need it to really do is nine things really, really, really well why not just start there? So start with a good CRM. And then beyond that, yeah, whether it's social, whether it's creating content, just put a system to everything. There was, I think it was the last two months or last two and a half months of the year into the beginning of this year, I was doing 90 reels a day on Instagram. And wow. again, this was just for analytics, right? So one reel a day, just hacking and hacking and hacking. And some of them fell 
completely flat. Like a lot of them flopped, right? But there were a couple in there that got conversations started and people talking about potentially buying, people talking about potentially selling. And it had nothing to do with real estate. It was just a funny sound or a funny song or a creative way for me to get, you know, good with them on video, if you will. So, um, but anyway, all of this stuff requires a system. So whether it's, um, we use text, we use email, of course, we use the phone to actually call people still. In fact, that's actually my preferred method. As much as I love social media, anytime someone sends me a text, because you know we're in the car 99, 99% of the time, I just call them right back and I'm like, hey, sorry, driving right now, but I needed to catch up with you anyway. Um, wow. And so, yeah, but we use text a lot, especially for our, um, you know, my sphere, my, I call them my VIPs. Um, they'll get, you know, like a monthly email from me. A monthly text from me, giving them free coffee or, you know, just offering some sort of value. No ask, never any ask. Like they know what I do. They know how I do it. They're my clients for a reason. Um, and so outside of CRM and video and social media, that's really about it. Honestly, a lot of it's just good old fashioned hard work. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I mean, and there's, it's really, you know, your mode of attack, right? If you're growing a team, you need these tools. If you're an individual agent and you're not trying to, you know, go to the moon and back, you, you find what works for you and you, you utilize it to the best ability, right? And I think that's, mm -hmm. that's the point I'm trying to get from this is um, as you transition, right? My next question leads into, is there any new technology in prop tech or real estate that you are looking to dabble in or try? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so you guys tell me how you qualify for tech, because I think cryptocurrency, I think the blockchain, all of that stuff is going to be a very interesting turn in our, in our mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be something that really commoditizes a lot of people. Um, I'm very, very open and honest with especially new clients. So, you know, someone sends me a referral, they have no idea who I am. The first time we meet for coffee or lunch or that buyer consultation, a seller consultation, I'm just very, very honest and maybe to a fault with them about what value I add to the transaction, right? I'm a really good negotiator and I'm a really good marketer. Well, if you want to sell your house, you need a really good marketer and then you need a really good negotiator. Mm. But if you're just trying to go buy a house, you really need a good negotiator right now to, un, you know, to unpack and unload. How, how's this deal going to actually work? Right. Um, and January was a great example. January was one of my best months in this business. And we bought three houses. I represented three buyers and we, we totaled it up. I think it was $225,000 in equity. Once we got appraisals and everything like that's insane right now. Wow. I mean, yeah. a to get houses and then B to get actual equity. So, you know, I use these stories and I use these anecdotal things to show this is the success that we've had in this business, even in the last two years, and probably more important in the last two years than ever before that the social proof goes a long, long way. So yeah. I'm really excited about the blockchain and cryptocurrency and just all of it, like NFTs. I can't wait to see someone NFT their house for like seven times the value that it's probably <laughs> worth on the on a normal MLS somewhere. Um, but I think that's going to commoditize a lot of people. And I think a lot of people are going to be forced to get out of this business because they don't understand the trends and where this whole thing is headed. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah. It's like, wow. hey, uh, I'm going to buy my house today on Bitcoin. So it's, it's, it's on the horizon, man. But uh, yeah, that's all crazy, I got. Right? <laughs> yeah. Your, your, your simplicity amazes me because you're successful 
and you don't overcomplicate things. And I think a lot of agents, they like, they self-sabotage themselves because they get so lost in not having that clarity. Just, just as guilty, by the way. <laughs> I overthought everything in the beginning. I was like, well, we need a system for that. And we need a system for this. And it was like, no, 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 no. It's lead generation. It's lead follow-up. It's contract negotiation. It's going on appointments. And it's it's relationship building. Like, it's really that simple. Anything beyond that is complicating it, I feel like. Exactly. Awesome. I love man. it. I love it. Well, thanks, Dan, for taking on that mix-up round. And uh, there definitely was a bit to unpack. And I and I like how it's just like, you know, that saying, keep it simple, stupid. And I think that a lot of the viewers and listeners out there, the intention of the show is for them to take things from what you're doing. And they might want to take a similar path. And I think what we really want to dive into before we end the show and open the floor up to you to leave the guests and, and listeners with something to take from you is this car club. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel that there's a common thread. Agents have whatever it is, is whether it's Matt and his niche videos. Uh, some people are buyer specialists, seller, seller specialists, farming experts, and they do farming. Um, for you to have a car club and then and then tie your portion to that, um, I'm actually in the process of looking at purchasing a GTR. So I also want to use the car for networking, and your net worth ties into your or your network ties into your net worth. So tell us about the car you have and how that even came to be and if someone is like watching and wants loves cars like i'm sure all of us at somewhat at some point you know like like cars even if it's just to get somewhere <laughs> like especially if you're a real estate agent yeah a lot of real agents have, yeah they have nice they all and a lot of them have porsches or nice cars or mercedes so like how did that come about matt yeah well so my dad worked in the automotive industry so we've i was born and raised here in atlanta but he would commute to detroit back and forth so he'd leave on monday mm-hmm. come back on friday and uh, so I was always around cars. We always used to go to dealerships to see the new cars when they came out. We used to go to the car nice. show every year. Like me and my brother, who's like three and a half years younger than me, just always enjoyed being around cars. So every Love car it. show we, we heard of, we'd go to. And uh, so anyway, from a very young age, all the little models and toys and stuff we had kind of as kids growing up, that was just always like something that we were into, you know? Um, and then my dad got into that in- industry and it was like, this is really cool. We, we went with him one time to Detroit and visited the Henry Ford Museum and saw wow. all the old car. I mean, the history is just amazing, right? And to your point, it's like Americans love their cars. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, it's a very, very easy kind of passion project, if you will, that um, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I was like, man, I'd really love to get into Porsches. They're, they're beautiful cars. The way they perform is absolutely amazing. Uh, a friend of mine really got me kind of deeply entrenched with Porsche uh, when they moved here to the Atlanta area and created their whole uh, new facility with the Experience Center. And you can come and drive on the track and everything else. And wow. so um, he actually worked for them and he was like, hey, you should come out to this to this event I'm hosting um, and we're going to be driving Porsches around this huge parking lot like at real That's speed. Cool. And I was like, OK, cool. So I hop in and we drive around and I was just like, this is a whole nother world. Like I, I, I knew I liked them from a distance, but I'd never driven one. I'd never ridden in one. When you do that, it totally changes your whole perception of what the car is. And honestly, if, if the people listening and watching this only take one thing away, understand that that car would be gone if it all went to zero tomorrow. Like this is just a material thing. Yes, I have passion for it. I love the community that we've built as a result of it, but I'm going to take care of my family first. (laughs) The car will always come back. So that's just a thing. But at the same time, there is this passion about cars and especially about Porsches that five years ago, I purchased my first one. Um, The only way I was able to convince my wife to let me get one was because they were appreciating in value. So just like real estate, 
they had kind of reached the plateau and bottom and they started going up in value. And so I found one in Nashville, Tennessee. We, me and my brother drove up, we picked it up, we brought it back. I had it for about four years and sold it and almost doubled my money. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. I could get used to this whole hobby. Yeah. So sold it last year and then purchased another one. So, um, it's, it's just always been a passion of mine. And a couple of years ago, um, I kind of got frustrated with, you know, the old guard, if you will. Um, you know, these cars are not cheap. Uh, they're not cheap to maintain. They're not cheap to, to operate by any stretch. And so, you know, it demands a certain audience. And um, I had found that in being around these types of people that they were really kind of split into two groups, that old guard. And I don't just mean old people. I just mean old guard of like, people that have had Porsches for 50, 60 years. Yeah. And then the, the kind of like, exactly. And then the new money, right? Like the guys that it was just simply a passion that they were high level performing executives or entrepreneurs that had worked really, really, really hard, but their dad had a Porsche. And so he wanted to go buy one. And so we started kind of connecting this group of guys that were, you know, in their mid thirties, early forties, some of them in their fifties and sixties that just enjoyed the brand, enjoyed the cars, enjoyed being around each other that enjoyed these cars. And, you know, we do different events, uh, once a quarter now, and last year it was once a month. So really, really highly engaged group. And like you said, about 2000 plus members now that all over the Atlanta, we have people drive from North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama. I mean, they literally come from all over the Southeast to Atlanta wow. for our events now. And so it's, it's just been really cool. And the business connections, uh, of course, not just for me, but for the people in that group have been incredible insurance, financial people. I mean, it's been wow. really good. It's been really good. So, wow. That, that's amazing. I, oh, before we got online, yeah, right. <laughs> before we got on air, I checked you out and I was like, do you own a dealership? Cause I was like, kind of like, I was curious, <laughs> curious. It looked like you own like a Porsche dealership or something, but that's amazing how y'all put that together and how you took a passion that you love and turned it into an opportunity. I think that's super indicative for people to understand that are listening to this show that you don't have to follow what your broker says. You can actually start a car club. Uh, don't put yourself in debt and take care of your family first. If you look, listen loud and clear to what Matt just said uh, and do what you love at the same time, driving what you love. So, so I absolutely love that. And that was basically my last question for you. And at the end of the show, we'd like to leave it open for you, Matt. So, you know, what would you like to have our viewers and listeners that tuned in today take from today's episode? Well, I'll be 40 this year. Uh, so I, great, know, I don't look like <laughs> oh, I think you're like it. <laughs> to early 30s. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm turning 40. And I feel like once you get to like, I don't know, 25, maybe 30, like every five years, you kind of go through this like mental awakening, right? Where you're yeah. like, this is a big deal. Like when I turned 30, it was like, I haven't accomplished half of the things that I want to. Right. Um, but it also inspired me and kind of fired me up. So whether it's Porsches and cars or mountain biking or climbing or tennis or a sport, or it doesn't matter whatever you do on the, you're a realtor, you're a real estate agent and something else connect to that something else and then start building a community around it. You'd be shocked, absolutely shocked, you know, what you could accomplish with that. But at 40, even, I still feel like I'm just not kind of getting started even in this business. And this is for the first time in a long time, the last four years. And while we've had our trials and tribulations over the last couple of years with this, this industry and this business <laughs> with the inventory and the, the issues that we've had, I still get to wake up and do something that I really enjoy. And it's taken me 36 years to get there. So for the longest time, I felt like I was never going to find my thing. And even my wife would 
laugh and joke with you guys about how every two or three years I would just switch jobs because I would get sick of it. Um, but this is the first thing that I really feel like I've found that I really enjoy and I wake up and I get to do exactly what I want to do. And I get to have a big impact. I mean, let's not forget that this is the biggest financial decision a lot of people will make in their lives. Yeah. And for us to play an important piece of that um, is, is really special. And I try really, really hard not to forget that, that people are trusting us to, to make their moves. And and that's a big deal. We shouldn't take it for granted. So that would be the wow. final piece I'd say. Man, dude, that's awesome. And I respect you for, for doing what you love and, and, and just being true and authentic and real. Cause at the end of the day, some people don't figure it out their whole entire life. So, true. you know, if we can inspire one person to figure it out and, and follow their passions and, and go away from the things that don't make them feel good, um, that would be great for today's episode. So thanks so much, Matt, for being on real estate versus well, technology. I appreciate Dan, it. of course. Dan, thank you so much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure and great to meet you, Matt. You as well, Dan. Thanks so much for the time, man. Yeah. And, and thanks to all the reviews and listeners as it is our intention for you to take some from our episodes to apply to your business, have more massive success. Be sure to like the video, subscribe. Now you can comment what you learned down below and we will see you on the next one.